Welcome to TikTok Radio. I'm your host, Victoria Jameson. I'm a verified TikTok creator and professional makeup artist based in Dallas, Texas. After gaining over 800,000 TikTok followers in just six months, I became obsessed with helping aspiring creators and entrepreneurs unlock their full potential on the fastest growing app in the world. If you're looking to find your niche, increase your income, and build your influence with short form video content, then you are in the right place. My goal for this podcast is to inspire and empower you with actionable tips and insight from top TikTok creators so that you can master the For You page and build your brand on TikTok and beyond. There's no better time to start than right now. Let's dive into this week's episode of TikTok Radio. Hey friends, welcome back to TikTok Radio. I'm your host, Victoria. That is at Victoria on TikTok. And I'm super, super glad you guys pushed play today. You're here to invest in yourselves and your business and learn more about this awesome growing platform, which is TikTok. TikTok Radio has already surpassed 200 streams, over 100 listeners in 10 different countries. So if you're listening to this, I'm just so grateful that you're even interested in growing on the platform and that you're listening. So thank you so much for pushing play. Seriously, it means the world to me and I want to hear from you what you guys want to learn more of. So if you guys have any suggestions for content or interviews and creators you'd like to hear from, send me an email. It's Victoria at tiktokradio.com. That's TikTok like the podcast. I will put it in the show notes down below. Before we jump into the interview with Minnie and Tink, I wanted to share with you guys a TikTok tip of the day. So today we're going to be talking about three things to do if your video flops. I know it's super discouraging when we have a video that we spend a lot of time on and effort and put into it. Maybe it's something we love and think is hilarious or super valuable and it just flops. It doesn't do well. It doesn't get any views. It doesn't get any interaction. So what do you do when that happens? We're going to be going over three steps to take when a video does flop. But before we jump into our TikTok tip and our interview with Minnie and Tink, we're going to hear a word from our sponsor. Be sure you're part of our community group so you can join in on the conversation about this episode. You can go to TikTok, like the app, dash squad.com. That's TikTok squad.com. We'd love to have you so you can share your wins and you can get feedback on videos that aren't performing as well as you'd like. I'd love to see you there so we can figure out your brand and help you grow on TikTok. How many times have you posted a video that you just put so much heart into and worked really hard on and you were just sure it was going to be your next viral video and come an hour or two later, you realize that your views have dwindled down to very few. It's not increasing. You're not getting comments. It seems like no one is seeing it. We like to call that a flop. Sometimes videos don't get the traction that they need. Sometimes it's an algorithm issue. Sometimes it's a timing issue. There are a lot of factors that goes into why a video might not perform very well. So we're going to talk about some of those factors really quickly, and then we're going to talk about what to do when you have a video flop. First and foremost, your videos are all going to be ranked by watch time. So if someone's not completing your video, that can mean one of two things. It could mean that your video is too long, 
or it can mean that your video is not interesting, or it can be a combination of the two. Now, a video doesn't have to be hilarious, or it doesn't have to be, you know, super mind-blowing for it to be intriguing and interesting to your target audience. But if it doesn't catch someone's attention in the first one to two seconds, really, you're missing out on that viewer with that view time to contribute to your algorithm, which is going to make more people see your video because if you listen to our last week's podcast, we talked about the For You page and kind of how that algorithm works. So just to recap really quickly, if you post a video and someone watches it all the way through, that tells TikTok, hey, we should show this to more people. So the higher watch time you have, the higher completion rates, the more shares where people are inviting other people to share your content specifically from the For You page, not necessarily just from your profile, that tells TikTok, let's show that to more people. So what you really want to do is create content that people are going to watch more than once and that they're going to share with their friends. So when our video flops, that usually means that our watch time was not high enough to push it to more profiles on the For You page. And this is the part where you kind of have to be honest with yourself and be like, would I actually watch this? There's so many times that my clients approach me and say, hey, why did this video do well? Or I think I'm shadow banned because no one's seeing my video. And nine times out of 10, it's because the video is just not an engaging video. And hey, that's okay. We're all learning. We all have our moments where our videos don't do well. Even as a creator with over a million followers, my husband's videos will be up and down with performance. Some do really great and others don't. And that's because videos perform individually. So if you have a video flop, it is not going to hurt your account overall. I think a lot of people have that fear, kind of like with Instagram, you know, when you have a post that does poorly, a lot of people will archive it or delete it, which I don't think it's something to be ashamed of if a post doesn't do very well, because there are those super fans that are still going to love that content, but it's something to be aware of because it is a learning experience and a way that you can grow and improve your content in the future. So we've talked about why videos usually flop. Videos usually flop because you aren't getting the engagement and the watch time that you need for it to be continually pushed out to more users. But what do we do when a video flops? So there are three steps that I recommend doing. First and foremost, I don't recommend deleting your videos. If you are insecure or feeling embarrassed about a performance of a video, you can put it on friends only, but never, never delete your videos. Why is that? Because TikTok does use that data, and it's something that's going to show up in your analytics. It's something that shows up on your likes, on your upper right-hand corner of your profile. So even if you're not getting a ton of likes or a ton of views, it still adds up, and you still want that data working for you. A lot of people, when they have a video go viral for maybe not so good reasons, which I have a funny story about that, uh, they won't delete their video just simply because of the views and the likes and the watch time because we want those things for our profile. So I want to urge you not to delete your video out of impulse or out of embarrassment. Everyone gets low views sometimes and it's not you. If you're invested in the content you're creating and if you're passionate about it, there's never a reason for you to delete a video totally. If you are wanting to present higher engagement rates, um, if you're looking to work with brands and stuff like that, be sure to put it on friends only rather than completely private it or take it down. Now, the next step you should take is to look at the analytics for the video. So if you listen to the first 
first episode of TikTok Radio, we discussed how to turn on analytics so that you would have more insight into how your videos are performing, where they're being watched, how long they're being watched, etc. If you can hold off long enough before you put your video on friends only, if you do go that route, it's super important for you to check your analytics and see kind of what the engagement was, how long the watch time was, and all that jazz. You'll want to look at the watch time and see how long people watched and then go back to your video in your camera roll and see how long that actually was. Now, this third step, it requires you to have filmed outside of the app, and that is why I always film on my camera roll and edit on my phone, either in iMovie or Adobe Premiere Rush, sometimes on my computer in Final Cut if I'm doing it like a more intricate makeup video. But when you film out of the app, it gives you the wiggle room and the power to be able to re-edit so that you can repurpose that content that flopped. And you will see a ton of big creators do that. In fact, I've seen some creators with 3 million plus repost the same video three or four times at different times until it performs well. So once you realize, you know, people stopped watching at five seconds, well, then it's time to assess and see, well, why did they stop watching? If you can watch until that point and see, oh, there was a little bit of a lull here, or, you know, this could have been more visually interesting or intriguing, or I didn't have a hook at the beginning. It just gives you that ability to go back and see why maybe people stopped watching. So then you can re-edit it and then post it again, and hopefully it will perform better with a more more optimized watch time. One thing Matt and I have noticed is that videos with a more than 11 second completion rate, so that would be the average watch time would be 11 seconds, those videos tend to perform better and tend to be pushed on the For You page more than videos that get less than 11 seconds of average watch time. So 11 seconds may or may not be that sweet spot. I'd be interested to hear from you guys how your videos perform, whether you had a viral video that had less than 11 seconds of completion time. I just have seen over and over that 11 seconds seems to be the sweet spot for us. So let me know how that is for you. So there you have it. You have the three steps to do after your videos flop. Videos tend to flop because they're not engaging or people don't feel invested in them. There's no hook for them to get sucked into and want to watch it. Be sure not to put your video on private. Keep it public. Check your analytics to see how long your watch time is and then re-edit your video to improve the engagement and the watch time and post it again. I will say I had a video that I thought was kind of a semi-flop. You know, it wasn't a very successful video. It was very average. And 20 days later, it got over 900,000 views in one day. And that is something that I experienced literally yesterday. So this is kind of the delayed boom effect that is real. So it's another reason to not delete videos if they don't perform up to your standard because you never know when something could delay boom. It does happen. It doesn't happen a ton, but it is a thing. So it's something to be aware of. All right, y'all, let's jump into today's interview. Minnie and Tink are TikTok creators that started early on on the app when it was still Musical.ly. You'll hear more about that later. When they're not bringing their fabulous Disney-themed drag personas to life, Minnie and Tink are just Scott and Zach Artis, a married couple currently living in San Francisco, California. 
I first met Zach and Scott back in 2018 when we were both at the Dallas meet and greet as featured creators. They're just super interesting just as a brand. You don't see a lot of people branded as fabulous drag queens online besides RuPaul's Drag Race and stuff like that. So I've always been super interested in how they grew on social media and I'm excited for you guys to hear their story. So without further ado, here's my interview with Minnie and Tink. I am here with two OG musically stars. <laughs> yeah. I they go way back. This is Scott and Zach Artiste, but you probably know them as Minnie and Tink. How Hi. are you? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us. We're excited to be on. I'm super excited to have y'all. I feel like we've been like living parallel lives because we have a lot of stuff in common that's outside of just TikTok. Um, Zach is a professional ballet dancer and Scott works for Norwegian Cruise Lines, correct? Well, I did. So we actually both used to do that. I have a degree in musical theater, so I am a singer dancer, but I've kind of done everything like I've dabbled in almost everything kind of trying to find where I want to go I just follow Zach around <laughs> as he is a ballet dancer and now this whole um TikTok social media thing has a little bit taken over you know the last couple of years definitely okay so just a little bit of background on you guys um just fill me in a little bit where you guys are from how old are you uh, well I'll go ahead so this is Scott or Minnie and um, I'm 30 years old, and I'm originally from Utah, like northern Utah. We have moved around pretty much all over the place. And I'm Zach Tink. I am 27 years old, and I grew up in Modesto, California. Scott and I actually met, my, one of my first professional ballet jobs was in Utah. And so we met in Salt Lake City, Utah, um, and then spent five years there. And then that's actually when we left to perform with Norwegian Cruise Line after leaving Utah. Yep. And we've lived in Oklahoma where Zach was dancing. Um, I actually was a teacher for a little while there. And then we came um, to California, which we're super happy about. So um, Zach could perform with the ballet company here. And now we're doing drag more full time and social media a little bit more full time and creating content and everything like that. So, and yeah, we've been married since 2014 too. So, <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Couple goals. I love it. So, you guys started on Musically pretty early. When would you say you guys got started? So, I believe we started, I think it's actually almost like three mm -hmm. years, exactly. almost, almost to yeah. date, February. three years ago, February. Yeah, mm -hmm. was when we started. Um, and then it was just like what I would say that only like summer. Yeah, five or six months after that is when it got bit, bought out by TikTok. Yeah, TikTok, Kate, I think, took over like that summer or something. So we had been on Musical.ly for maybe four or five months. Yeah. We're bad at like years. No, I get it, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. timeline. We, we actually had started Musical.ly in Oklahoma because living in Oklahoma, there's nothing to do. I and know. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's why we were so desperate for like an outlet to like share our drag and how silly yeah. we are. And so that's when Musical.ly, we found Musical.ly and we were just like, okay, this is it. And it started taking off, so. Our friend um, Autumn S. Klein, who's also on TikTok. And yes. She was a dancer with Zach and she kind of showed us the ropes and got us started on it. And we were able to just combine like 
our love of drag and performing and creating videos and just doing silly things and Disney, of course, to start on the app. Well, it's definitely the perfect platform for all of that. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> We hope so. We hope they keep going that way. Um, yes, definitely. Yeah. I do too. Did you guys already have the mini and tank drag personas before musically and then that was just something where you got to showcase them or were those created specifically for your account so originally we were like oh we're gonna be youtube stars we're gonna be youtubers <laughs> and like we're gonna like create these personas to be youtubers then we obviously realized that this like the youtube is so saturated so it's really hard to like make it there and so when we found musically we were like oh this is perfect we're like growing fast and able to like create a following so it was originally created for social media mini and tink yeah it, so it was created for social media but we were drag queens prior but we went by different drag names and then we decided just the mini and tink characters fit us so much better they really were kind of born from halloween one because we we love halloween and doing the cosplay and dressing up on ha halloween and also we sew so it was like outfits we wanted to create and so like to be able to create those costumes and that's what kind of we thought would be a funny different thing to put on social media. And Disney was never never gonna hire us to play anything. <laughs> <Yes. thing. laughs> <laughs> if Disney wasn't gonna hire us, we'll hire ourselves. Yes. <laughs> I love that. So you guys talked a little bit about wanting to get started on YouTube. Did you have a following on any other platforms before? I know we see people coming over from YouTube and Instagram uh -huh. now. So was TikTok slash, I keep calling it Musical.ly. Side yeah. note, for everyone that's listening to this that has no idea what Musical.ly is, Musical.ly was TikTok and it got bought out. So Musical.ly became TikTok and a lot of us got started on Musical.ly and right. now it has become TikTok. We had our YouTube channel for maybe only a month or less. We'd maybe posted one or two videos that got maybe like a hundred views or something. Yeah, and had maybe like yeah. less than a hundred subscribers. One of the weirdest things about us is that we didn't want anything to do with social media originally. As ways prior to Mini and Tink, we had no, no Facebook, no Instagram, nothing. We were like, we don't have anything to do with social media. We just didn't think like our boy lives were that interesting. And so <laughs> it wasn't until that we like created these like alter egos that were like, oh, it'd be fun to just like play these parts on social media. So yeah. it's like weird that we went from like no social media to like all of a sudden like having like a pretty decent following. We definitely wanted it to be like we started all these social media accounts for it to kind of be a thing. Like we wanted it to be like a hobby and like something we could do together and a way to be creative. Like we definitely were doing it for a purpose. Intentionally. Like, yeah. yeah, it was intentional. Like we, we have time, we think we, we have something to share and we wanted to do that. It's interesting that you guys had zero social media before this. And right. it's funny because that's actually something I've seen just talking to creators in the last few months getting ready to launch this podcast. I think TikTok allows people to have a lot more of like an authentic presence and they don't feel like it has to be super curated and yeah. they get to be themselves. So a lot of people actually go from having zero following, not considering themselves a creator to suddenly having this online presence, which has been really cool to see. Now you guys talked about wanting to be able to showcase your drag personas and have that part of your life online. And you were very intentional about it. Is there anyone that like inspired you to do that? That you were watching do that? Because that's a very savvy business move. You were obviously good <laughs> at branding yourselves. Was it just innate or were you 
watching someone else and thought, oh my gosh, we could totally do that. No, I mean, we are inspired as drag queens from other drag queens, like RuPaul and the queens from RuPaul's Drag Race and stuff. And like but pop we, divas. We but... didn't see another drag queen on Musical.ly or we didn't see other drag queens like filling this niche. It was originally we were like, okay, so we're going to be Minnie Mouse and Tinkerbell and we're going to go do everyday things. So we're going to go shopping at Walmart dressed up like Minnie Mouse and Tink. We're going to go to, I don't know, Kmart. I don't know, all these random places and just do stuff. It's something you don't see on right. social media. I did watch some YouTubers, like one of the OG YouTubers that like always inspired me. And I was like, oh my gosh, to watch them go from nothing to now where YouTube is, you know, 10 years later is like Miranda Sings or Kobe. Yes. And I've gone to her concert twice. So I would say that she a little bit like, it, you can kind of see what could happen, like how things change. Well, um, she was obviously playing a character. Yeah, she yes. was playing a character. And, and now we've seen other people do similar things that has been really cool. And so there has been some YouTubers that have been inspiring. And I thought I got to a point in our life that we were like, maybe, you know, maybe we should kind of give this a shot. You know, like um, we love like Graveyard Girl and some of those um, OG YouTubers that we started watching. Do you think playing a character on social media kind of takes the pressure off you as a human? Because I, I know a lot of social media creators end up kind of getting into their head and sure. self-doubt and all of that crazy stuff. Do you think having it be another part of you and not actually you has kind of helped with that? I think so. I think originally, I think the more we are on social media, the more comfortable we get with showing art our boy selves and our relationship and stuff like that. But I definitely felt like in the beginning, you could just act the way you wanted and you had a full face of makeup and a wing and no one really knew who you were. Yeah. And so, and that was originally like, all I, we did, yeah, yeah, you didn't show your face at all for the longest time because mm -hmm. he was a school teacher and he didn't yes. want kids recognizing him. And so it was like an easy way to just like kind of have like a separate life. Yeah, definitely. And we, we are evolving and we are now creating more content with like broader things that we're doing and we don't always dress up. And a lot of times though, when I do get to put on the makeup and wig and, and different costumes, it is kind of nice to just be able to like have that persona. But I do want to share both sides, you know? Yeah. I think that's been important. And I do want people to actually like get to know us and I think that that can help us grow because they do, people do want to relate to us and, and really see what our lives are actually like. And that's something we've noticed with TikTok is the more relatable you are and the more like authentic you are to yourself, the better those creators, at least that we find that some creators that aren't super authentic, but a big majority is just like being relatable as TikTok is shifting us showing like our boy selves and funny pranks we do on each other or whatever is I think making our followers relate to us more than just being in drag. I definitely agree with that. I feel like TikTok is the place where people grow authentic brands. You know, it's all about being yourself. And the great thing about making a career off of being yourself is that you can never do anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, one thing I do want to talk about, Scott, you mentioned about not showing your, your face because of your career. Yeah. And yeah. I think you did a really great job in your, your face reveal video about being really authentic and relating to people. Like yeah. it wasn't just that you were talking about your upbringing in the Mormon church and being ex-Mormon, but then you also mentioned and showed that you deal with hair loss, which I think is something that we're seeing on social media a lot more women and men right. struggling uh -huh. with. So I, I loved it. It made me cry. I was like, this oh, is so you. emotional. <laughs> I will link it for you guys who are interested oh, yeah. in seeing it. That was really intriguing to me when I first met y'all. And it was uh -huh. like, this is Zach. And then this is Minnie. 
And yeah. so it wasn't like we didn't get to know who you were. It was it was kind of a good gimmick though, I think. Do you yeah. think it made people yeah. like more interested? Yeah, well, and a lot of people definitely in the very beginning sometimes were like, is it just one person? Because there was they were only seeing like one boy face. And they're right. like sometimes they would get confused and be like, Are they like green screening each other in the same video? I don't know how much longer we would have wanted to not reveal Scott's face like he was literally like chomping at the bit like <laughs> yeah. done teaching so that he could you know show himself because there's like kind of like the fun in it of being like oh when is he gonna do a face reveal but really behind the scenes it's like he did have to hide part of himself yeah 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 I sometimes I'm like oh I should have waited a little bit longer once we grew <laughs> a little bit bigger let the suspense build but I really was like ready it's just really hard to have to like hide part of yourself it's I I think that um just being true to yourself is really important and it was important to me at least and so I am definitely happier being able to be more open you know when people want to ask me something and I don't have you know hide something or come up with a fake answer or and I hope that more people can you know be more accepting of of people that are going through those types of challenges, you know, or, or are different. I don't like that I had to feel afraid to tell people that, oh, I was a drag queen or, oh, you know, this or that about myself because I was different. I'm hoping that people will start to just realize that everyone is different. Everyone has their quirks and their things and, and going through things. And if people can just learn to be more accepting and, and open, that would be amazing. And I do think that's one like really special gift that influencers get to have is that we get to share our flaws and our struggles and those things in our life that make us maybe not feel so great about ourselves because other people go through them. And then when you have those people reach out to you and they're like, oh my gosh, you helped me. It right. makes it easier to share, I think. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, what do you guys think is the biggest struggle of having kind of a business with your significant other? I think what it, one of our biggest struggles is getting our ideas across because one of us might think an idea is great and the other one it, it takes like so long to try to sell the idea and so instead of just like creating the idea you have to kind of like pitch the idea have an outline for the idea and <laughs> I feel that I feel yeah. that in my then, soul yeah and then they're like oh I you know they don't really get it and then so we've kind of had a compromise where we then have a system where it's like, okay, you're going to direct this. And I maybe don't see the full vision, but I trust you that when it comes to a final product, like this will work. Well, um, with super creative people like content creators, you have this whole picture in your head. And sometimes it's really hard to with use words to show it. It's like you, yes. even if you say, I want you to say this line on video until it's edited and has music laid over it. And you, you know, you crop it and you put it all together. The per it's hard to tell the story until the video is like completed. So we do just kind of like, he comes up with an idea and if it's his idea, then I'm his actor and he directs me and we do our thing. And then if it's my idea, I kind of direct the video and that's yeah. just kind of how we've worked through that. Um, but also realizing like we're different. So like he, Zach likes to be like really animated 
And I think I'm pretty animated, but not quite as much. Like if I'm in drag, I like to feel beautiful. He's like the princess. <laughs> I like, yeah, I like to be more. I'm like this like weird funny sidekick. Yeah, kind of, kind of like person. more. That's comedy. like exactly like my marriage. Yeah, yeah. so it's a, big, <laughs> it's a good yin and yang. Yeah, but you have to then like accept that the other person's going to do things differently. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, just finding a system that works out has been, I think, the best thing for us. It's just staying organized because when there's when it yes. becomes two people involved, you just have to be organized so that you guys are on the same page the whole time and you're not like what's going on and it probably wouldn't not gonna work for every couple so yeah. i think it's something that you have to uh, know that you're can work together and can yeah scott and i have all like for a lot of years of our relationship have worked very close together as far as either on social media or we've worked like part-time jobs at the same place we lived in like a four foot by ten foot cabin on, on a the cruise ship, ship for a year yes you yeah. know so yeah. like we live in a tiny 500 square foot apartment. So we're used to being really close and we've been that way ever since the beginning of our relationship. So I think if like a couple went from like, you know, only seeing each other 10 hours a week and they both work like 80 hours a week and then trying to like throw them into working together may not work as well, but we've always worked really closely. So I think we've like developed a way to do that. Yeah, that definitely sounds like it's been a benefit for you guys. (laughs) When did you guys start seeing a lot of growth because you guys hit a million pretty quickly, I feel like. I think it was a little less than a year we hit the first million musically. I think we did take off pretty fast. And I think part of it was because we were so different. So we were kind of like that person that people did love to hate on. So we we would get a lot of views and shares just because we were so different and what people might consider weird, which was fine. We kind of knew that we were going to get that. But I I think although we were getting a lot of hate, we're older and more mature, like it was fine for us. And we kind of knew that that was just going to bring more attention to us. Um, and then ever since then, it's just kind, kind of been steady, you know, because we have a lot of people that really love and support us for our differences, but there's still a huge community that's like, I'm not going to double tap on their video because they're gay or they're drag queens or this is so different for me that I don't think we're sometimes, you know, certain things won't take off. So, um, yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting. It's just like a completely different way to grow. Like, musically we grew very differently than we're growing now now you grow really quickly when you have a viral video on Mm -hmm. tiktok and then it slows down until you hit that like next viral video and then it slows down yeah i definitely feel that we've noticed that too just transitioning from musically to tiktok and how different it is and how different your kind of strategy has to be with content creation and speaking of dealing with hate how do you guys cope i know younger creators it's a little bit harder for those of us that are closer to 30 it's a little bit different (laughs) because we can kind of turn that off in our brain i like what you said about it's more about getting the views regardless of if it's because they're hate views or if they're actual views. But what would your advice be or how do you guys cope with that? Well, originally when we were getting hate, it was harder for us to see the way that younger kids were reacting to the comments on our videos. Because like we said, we originally started this to inspire younger kids to be able to like be themselves and LGBTQ kids to feel comfortable to either come out or to, you know, be more open. And so when we would see someone like trying to hurt us, it hurt us more to see other kids having to see that. One of the things that I have done since the very beginning is that if someone is leaving a hate comment, I do the kind of opposite and I'll usually reply and be like, you're so pretty. And I'll go like one of their videos. And then they're so confused. <laughs> and I just kind of I like- I love that. Use it as a little bit of an entertainment. I'm just like- <laughs> 
to quote Michelle Obama, if they go low, you go high um, kind of thing. There's just no reason to feed into that. And just, and I just try to be nice back. Yeah. And because, we, we would never reply to a hate comment, trying to stir up more drama. If anything, yeah. if we do reply, which we don't reply often, but if we do, it's always in like a loving way. And we've seen so many people respond to those and like completely switch their mind and realize, oh, these are like nice, good people. We've even had people like reach out and apologize for leaving yeah. hate comments Aww. on our videos. <laughs> and it just like being like kind and going, doing it that way can like actually change people's mind about people. I did get a comment that someone was um, commenting in a live stream I was in and they kept commenting and I do block people sometimes, you know, I'll just be like, you know, just, I don't need other people to be seeing this or I don't need people to see me reading it or whatever. I'm, if people are leaving comments like that. So I will like block them or kick them out of a live stream. And, and it was kind of funny, this specific person, I, I recognized their username and then they went to our Instagram and started leaving hate comments on our Instagram. It didn't hurt me except for the fact that when I went to their Instagram, they were Mormon. And so that had an effect on me because I was just like, that's really sad that I know that there are so many Mormons that aren't like this. Yeah. But that there are people that are making them look bad, you know, and this is the representation that we don't need, you know, because I know there's so many people that are loving and accepting. So just knowing that that person uh, is still affiliated with the church and then is still going and seeking out people to hate is is sad. And it, yeah, what they're yeah. saying is not sad to me. I don't care what they say. But just that fact, they have that feeling in their life, that negativity is sad. And yeah. one thing we, me and Matt talk about a lot is when people are hateful to you or to us, it's saying uh -huh. a lot more about them than it is right. about what we're actually doing. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, absolutely. Now, okay, let's talk a little bit about like the, the analytical side of things, <laughs> the creation part. How often do you guys post? We try to post, I would say our, our goal is to post at least probably five times a week because it's not like YouTube where some people will just post once a week, but you get to watch them for 20, 30 minutes. Right. You're only seeing this creator for 15 seconds or maybe a little bit longer, but on the average 15 seconds, if you're only posting a 15 second video once a week, that's not a very long time for your followers to be seeing you. So we try to post anywhere from like five. Sometimes we post every day. Mm -hmm. And if we don't post on TikTok, we try to at least post on some sort of a platform. Yeah, we try to post every day if we can. But yeah. I know some people post multiple times a day. And I, I think we've just found with what we're doing, that's a little bit too ambitious for us. <laughs> it's working. Yeah. Right now. Yes. It's working. Yeah. yeah. And it probably takes a hot second to get your whole look done. Yeah, depending on what tank. we're doing. Yeah. Well, yeah. that was one of our biggest things in the early stages of, is that we, before we could create content as ourselves, as just Zach and Scott, it would take us 45 minutes to an hour just to get ready to mm. just film mm. the video. Yeah. So yeah. people are like, oh, it's a 15 second video, but really filming 15 seconds can sometimes take up to an hour depending on how much editing. But we wouldn't mind if we could just not have to do any editing, just do a, you know, a little dance <laughs> for 15 seconds and have it take off. That would be fine once in a while. Too. We've yet to we've do yet the to, Renegade. We've yet to do that yet, so we don't know how it would, how it would do. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm going to be looking forward to your future Renegade. We'll yeah. see. <laughs> I don't know if I can bring myself to it, but... <laughs> <laughs> we love dancing, but it, uh, yeah, it's we'll just see. different. Yeah, as a dancer, <laughs> watching TikTok dance is so yeah. different, and it makes me feel like 
a failure when I watch these 15 year olds do these yeah. intricate, like sexy dances. And I'm like, I don't move that way. Yeah. <laughs> so do you guys worry much about like analytics? And I know some creators will like private videos when they don't do well, or they will like take it down and repost it later. How do you guys kind of handle that, navigate that area? We do pay attention to it. Um, because now like you mentioned earlier that, um, brands are kind of paying attention to being able to use TikTok as a way of, um, you know, commercializing or whatever. Monetizing yeah. Um, we do pay attention. So um, if it, if uh, a video doesn't perform very well, we might move it to friends only. And it, we use it as a learning experience, but not always. So it just kind of depends on how we feel. Because sometimes we do a video um, that we're really proud of and we want to leave it up. And, <laughs> and you will find people that love it, you know, yeah. even if it didn't for some reason perform as well as you thought it might, you'll still get people that will come back and like mention something about that video they saw. And that's really cool. Well, the analytics prior to like really delving into social media, like I was like, oh, analytics, like who cares about that? <laughs> but I feel like TikTok and their analytics are getting better and better. So they've become like more increasingly helpful so like realizing like oh this makeup transformation video the watch time on this is much lower than the watch time on a prank video or on a trend videos it's right there in front of you you're realizing what is performing better on the app and with tiktok like we've talked about like really the way to grow and the way to become successful on the app is to be your watch time pretty much and getting your video to trend. yeah we try yeah. to we try to stick with the trends and the the videos that we do see are performing best in our analytics. Would you say that what you guys are posting or how you post has changed a lot? I know you guys started a long time ago, so it's a little, it, obviously it's a totally different like terrain to navigate. Yeah, I think it's changed in the fact that it's matured a little bit. We're- As I, far as our content yeah, is more like, geared toward teens and adults versus yeah, I feel like children our, and teens. Yeah, like we were playing very like young at, at the beginning. I think that we're trying now to incorporate like more editing and like camera angles and things like that. I think we're trying to make like just higher quality videos. Like obviously like the lip syncs, those kind of things don't do as well anymore. Yeah. So honestly, like following the trends, everyone's always like, how do you get TikTok famous? And I'm like, if you see something done five times on your For You page, do it. Yes. <laughs> and if you can obviously put your own spin on it. So obviously our spin is being drag queens that do the trend. So, you know, you're not scrolling through the For You page and seeing a girl, a girl, a boy, a boy, a boy. And then you stop and you're like, wait, this is a drag queen doing the trend. So like it kind of is, you know, that's the way we put our spin on it. And so it's like finding the trends and putting your spin on it. Coming up with your original idea is kind of like, I can spend a long time doing a, this original video that's not a trend and it might fail or it might get a lot of views. I mean, it's yeah. all an experiment and trying trying new things, so. Have you guys found like one type of original content video has done well for you though? I know sometimes creators who do trends kind of find their own niche of like this one type of video. Like for example, I can post a filter video like of me doing an Instagram filter and it gets uh -huh. like a thousand views in one second. And I'm like, whoa, uh -huh. but then other videos take, you know, 10 minutes to even get 500 views or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So have you guys found like you have this one type of content that just does really well for you? Well, we find them in like chunks. So like six months ago, us doing makeup transformation videos were like the it thing. Yeah. And so like, this is working really well. Currently, like right now, like I think us doing like prank videos on each other is like doing uh -huh. really well for us. 
and like we recently posted some makeup transformation videos and those have not done as well as maybe the prank stuff it just comes in waves as to like mm -hmm. what's doing well and i don't know if that's because they're like oh we've seen minnie and tink doing makeup transformations for the past six months we're kind of over it and so when we introduce a new fresh take on something like pranks on each other it's original to our viewers and so that kind of runs its course and then we'll figure out what works next mm -hmm. how do you guys film and edit do you guys film on you know some people film on cameras you film on your phone do you edit on your phone do you edit on the computer mm -hmm. what's kind of your process we do both um so we have iphones and so we used to only use the iphone but now we did get a nicer camera that we'll use we use a video editing app called video leap on our phone a lot. We also have Final Cut Pro on the computer that we'll use. And so just depending on like how intense the editing is, we can do it all from our phone. Or um, if we want higher quality, we'll use our camera and we'll move it to the computer and use Final Cut Pro and just use some more of the editing options on there. So we really do use both just depending on like what we feel works. In TikTok, obviously you can slow a sound down. So like if it's imperative that we're doing a video, that we have to use the sound slowed down. For some reason, we definitely obviously film on our phone, but we like to film out of app, just like either on our on our phones, but on the phone camera, just because it's obviously e easier to edit. If you film in TikTok, it's like- You edit, yeah. It's, you edit as you go, as and you, you go, can't yeah. go back and make changes once the video has been done. Yeah. And I think it limits kind of how that content can be reused as well. Yeah, so like right, if you wanted yeah. to post it or re-edit it or whatever, make a new video out of it, um, you can't really. So that's right. one thing I've run into. And you mentioned about becoming like more brand friendly and how TikTok is kind of trying to monetize right now. And that's kind of the big way we're seeing creators make income, not mm -hmm. just from live streaming. Cause before it was, you know, live streaming was like the thing, mm -hmm. uh, you know, drama queen name and bio <laughs> situation. <laughs> <laughs> RIP the drama queen. It's gone now. It's so sad. It's like a part <laughs> of me died. Never see the screen like light up purple ever again. Oh. And <laughs> so sad. So do you guys do brand deals? Yeah, we are actually working on one currently that we're excited it's going to come out in a couple days with um, Fab Fit Fun. It's really hard I, to say. I, for some reason, it's, it's hard for me. Oh my it. goodness, that's a big it, one. Yeah, yeah, and it's really cool. And they, you know, come up with guidelines and we create a video for them. And we, we have like regularly people reaching out to us to do certain brand deals with them. But we don't want to be that creator that is just taking on anything oh, and being like, we love this because I think it's going to come across as being like, why do you love tools? You're obviously <laughs> don't fix cars. You know, that's like yeah. not a thing that we like have, we want to make sure it's like genuine to us. So like right. beauty products or, I mean, we love toys. So like if sometimes we want to do an unboxing or like, you know, random things that we genuinely like, we will. Wigs and yeah. um, anything that has to do with supporting or building LGBTQ plus community. Yeah, like we have done like three campaigns with an app called Tamey. Tamey and it's like the LGBTQ Tinder. And so oh. that obviously, obviously we're married, but we still want all of our followers and people to like find love. And so we thought that that was like a cool, like safe place for LGBTQ people to date. We've done like campaigns with Candy Crush. The weird thing about Candy Crush is they like 
have us just create a video for them and they don't even require us to post it. They just take our video and do what they will with it. Yeah, so. it's like being hired as the talent. Too. Yes. Which is really fun. So we're like the talent and the video creator, but we don't always have to put it on our social media. That's what we're seeing a lot more in the influencer community. And I recently did a campaign for an eyelash company that just wanted me to make a video. So I think yeah. companies are realizing it's actually cheaper for them to outsource their commercial oh, type absolutely. of content to just have yeah. creators make it with their camera and their time and their editing. And then yeah. it, they don't have to pay someone in-house yeah. to make it. Right. And it works for us too. Right? <laughs> Same. Yeah, I feel that. I love it. Do you guys still go live? Do you go live often? I do. Not as often as I used to, but I do go live and I like it. It's definitely changed a lot. I mean, and in some ways it's a good thing. Like they're having more age restrictions and they're just monitoring it a little bit more carefully. It's definitely a uh, well, it was crazy because back in the day, you could have tens of thousands of people. And <laughs> now it's like, well, when yes. they're lively, it was yeah. a separate app. We still get tons and tons of comments on our videos. Go live, go live. Mm -hmm. And so it is nice to connect with those people that do enjoy watching your live stream. I think it's like the quality, not quantity now. Before it was like quantity, definitely. But now I feel like the people that go to the live streams are like the real fans. Yeah, they are. <laughs> One question I get a lot is how you can use TikTok to grow your following on other apps. I know you guys have about 60,000 on YouTube right now. Yeah. Do you think that that's directly correlated to TikTok? And if so, how did you kind of... I do think it's correlated. There are people that only follow us on Instagram or only follow us on YouTube, absolutely. But I do think it is absolutely correlated. Obviously, our TikTok following is quite a bit bigger. We'll post videos on TikTok saying that if we had posted a new YouTube video, We'll make like a small or, edit, like a 15 yeah. second edit of the YouTube video, mm -hmm. like a few like of the funniest parts and say new YouTube video up, like link yeah. in our bio. And so like people will know. We did absolutely promote it and still do in our live streams as well. So live streaming is a great way to cross over and, and tell people to go follow you. We have taken a little bit of a hiatus on YouTube just because we are transitioning a little bit just as far as what kind of content we want to create on YouTube. I mean, YouTube is a whole nother discussion. Oh yeah, um, it's another world. It's another world. We were doing a lot of like toy unboxings, which we loved, but YouTube had a whole transition where now oh, yeah. the videos can't be monetized and they can't have comments or we're reevaluating within the next couple months. What would you go back and do differently if you were starting your TikTok account today? One thing I'll say, one thing I actually loved about how we started our TikTok or Musical.ly account and that I wish I could keep more of was I had a little bit of an ignorance and just kind of like a carefree vibe. And now because it started to grow and I see so many other creators and I'm kind of worried about all of that so much, I've lost a little bit of like feeling carefree and just like being silly. Sometimes I look back and I'm like, wow, those were really, really embarrassing videos. <laughs> like they, the word cringe <laughs> like <laughs> epitomized some of our videos that we created. I really appreciated the blind optimism and like, you know, fun time and carefree that we had. So I want to keep some of that, but also lose a little bit of the cringe. But no matter what we do, I'm going to look back five years later and think that what I was doing was cringy. So yeah. yeah, I mean, for me, like, I feel like we didn't necessarily have like an expectation 
expectation of like where this was gonna go and so it's kind of just happened to us so I guess I wouldn't really or wouldn't want to change anything because without what we did in the beginning it wouldn't have become what it was I love that that's such a good answer (laughs) what advice would you give someone wanting to kind of turn their passion into more of a full-time career like you guys have something that really helped us is get to know people in the community so you can learn how to kind of like do it correctly because I think a lot of people have that kind of problem where they might do film a great video but then they don't really know why or like how to use the app or how to those type of things that then their videos kind of fickle off was that the right word trickle off or whatever and they don't really know like what direction to go so if they have a clear direction and they make sure they know how to use the app kind of what's going to work for them I think that that's really important like even the live streaming thing I've seen people they're like oh I need a thousand followers to go live and then they go live on live stream they don't know what they're doing (laughs) they start doing things that um, are going to get them banned from the live stream and then they're like oh great and now they can't live stream anymore (laughs) yeah it is if you are wanting to do this as a full-time career talk to someone who knows what they're doing but there's a lot of like helpful tips of like actually what you should be doing there's like so much behind the scenes stuff that you don't realize you should know yeah and for example like we have a friend that actually we're like you should be on tiktok you're he's an amazing ballet dancer and we're like you have a huge following on instagram and so he posts some like great videos but i don't think he realized like what really works for TikTok and if maybe we had had more conversations because then I saw him posting just some videos and I was like I know that this isn't going to be the type of quality that's going to help you take off and I know you have the potential but you just need to like hone it in the right direction like you can see like the most gorgeous Instagram models with millions on Instagram and then they come over to TikTok and it's like they're not sure what to do yeah it's (laughs) not working (laughs) that's like my favorite thing to see I think it's like people that are really famous famous on other platforms and they come to TikTok and people are like, who are you? Yeah, exactly. I don't know why that makes me feel so like normal. (laughs) And speaking of resources for figuring out how to grow on TikTok and figuring out what your niche is, I think this is my chance to shamelessly plug my Facebook group and community where we talk about TikTok trends and how to find your niche and your brand and fun stuff like that and get to celebrate your successes and ask for feedback as well. So if you guys want to go to tiktok-squad.com, you guys can join our Facebook community. Okay, last thing. We're going to do a speed round. Here we go. What is your favorite TikTok trend right now? Adam Ray, that new TikToker, he created a character. I still love characters. And it, I don't know, every Latina woman that he ever has come in contact with, it's so hilarious. I think that those comedy videos I love right now. <laughs> I like people putting cotton candy in the water. <laughs> oh, no. That's a good one, actually. Yeah. Adam Ray has grown so quickly. Yeah. I'm trying to get into contact with him. But I think he just has no way for people to contact him because it just blew up so fast and he's probably like yeah he's like one of those people that like just somehow like knew after like oh this video did really well I'm gonna keep doing it and that's what people need to know is like if something's working for you like keep doing it do that yeah Yeah. and boy did it work and people are duetting of them they're so funny have you guys seen the duets to them yes oh I love it. I could watch them all day. Your favorite TikTok creator? She's not an original content creator, but I love Laura Cleary and she's on TikTok now. I follow her um, too. I do love her. Yeah, she's literally one of my favorite creators. Ever. I appreciate that she does make TikTok content stuff. Like she does have some original TikTok content. Oh, and she yeah. Shares she's her like other... actually trying. Yeah. You know, A lot of them just repost, you know, yeah. Yeah. finds from 
10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> okay, your favorite TV show. I will say that religiously we watched RuPaul's Drag Race and The Bachelor or Bachelorette. <laughs> because we're those people. <laughs> we're those people. Um, but my all-time favorite, like, oh, I could watch it over and over is Desperate Housewives. Desperate Housewives. Mm. We love like crime ones like 2022. Yeah, okay, right. your favorite podcast? Dish with Trish. Trisha Paytas. I love Trisha Paytas. Yeah. That's Zach or Ting. My favorite podcast is a Lucas and Jacob Crookshank. They have a podcast like Bros Before Hoes. And they are on TikTok now too. All right, guys. Well, that sums it up for our interview. Thank you for everyone that listening. And remember to love yourself and be nice to people and spread love. And yeah, and be yourself. It's been really great getting to know y'all better after watching you on the internet for three years. <laughs> yeah, Aww. same. Um, thank you so much. Well, if you're ever in San Francisco, hit us up. Definitely. <laughs> we'll take you up on that. We got to take Matt to his first drag show. There oh, you go. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. That wraps things up for this week's episode of TikTok Radio. Next week, we'll be hearing from Haley Sharp, also known as at Yodeling Haley on TikTok. She was the originator of the viral say-so dance. I'll catch y'all next time. Peace out, Girl Scouts.